Welcome back to Everyday Economics, the podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around us every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit, nonpartisan Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics, a production of America's Talking Network. You can listen to all of our terrific podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics, please make a tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. We are recording today's episode on Thursday, August 24th, 2023. And joining me as always, Dr. Orfe Devangi. He's a PhD economist and all-around good fellow. What's up, Dr. O? How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, I want to jump right into it. And, um, uh, you know, of course, you and I talk about housing a lot. Um, and the housing market is fascinating right now. Um, I, I think if you're a, a, a buyer and maybe a first-time buyer with something uh, you know, coming out of an apartment situation or, or coming out of your parents' home or whatever into, into the market as a new buyer is probably a little bit scary. Um, but uh, nonetheless, lots of uh, information sort of moving around this time. We're talking a lot about rates, you know, I mean, and, and that's scaring people away. Sentiment, I think, is perhaps every bit as interesting right now. Warren Buffett, his word means a lot in a number of different markets and he's weighing in on home building and he's in, he likes the future of new homes. So what do you make of that? And, um, you know, is this simply a response to the known gap in the market with regard to the number of homes available? Yeah. I mean, it's a number of factors. And to be, to be fair, I gotta, I gotta put the disclaimer out there. I'm bullish too on, on home builders and housing in general. Despite seven percent mortgage rates, uh, and that's because look, you know, housing demand doesn't just depend on mortgage rates. It depends on wealth. It depends on incomes, right? If my income really increases really rapidly, well, guess what? If uh, if income is is increasing faster than my housing costs, well, you know, I, I'm I could be completely unbothered by the increase in housing costs. So you have a situation where mortgage rates have increased because of the resilience of the U.S. consumer and the U.S. economy. And people might say, well, I, I, what are you saying? I'm saying, look, last year around this, around October, November, we had mortgage rates exceed 7%. And most people were doom and gloom about the market going into 2023. And I remember, you know, and by the way, back then we had inflation at 9%, maybe slightly off the 9% mark. Today, inflation is roughly 3%. We had a rebound in activity in the spring of this year, right? Nobody could have anticipated. I mean, I did anticipate it, but nobody else was talking about a rebound in activity in the spring for housing. Employment continued to grow. The unemployment rates at 3.5%. The S&P 500 made a massive comeback the first half of this year, right, which is that non-housing wealth part of the story. And, and, and by the way, despite the Fed rate hikes, your credit card rates going up, all of that stuff, consumer finances are still in better shape on average than they were before the pandemic. And then in the Q2 report of GDP, we got a, a boost in labor productivity that basically is signaling, right, higher labor productivity, falling inflation, real wages, real purchasing power is actually rising again. And so there's plenty of reasons to believe housing demand is going to continue to remain strong in the near term. And in a, in a, in a 
maybe slightly longer term, you got population growth, right? You got the U.S. population is growing. We, we, we welcomed more than 1 million people from abroad last year. That number probably increased again in 2023. So, so you have all of these facts and it's going to continue to increase, right? Uh, and so demand continues to exceed supply in the housing market. And as long as demand exceeds supply, builders are not going to leave any money on the table. They're going to have to fill that gap. And, and they're in the best position to fill the gap because what they're going to do is they're going to adjust the types of homes they built. They're going to adjust their price points and still, by the way, still turn a profit. Let me slow your roll here for a second because, I mean, just some like things that might appear to be in conflict in, in the, you know, sort of in the news recently. And just let me go through these real quick. Builder sentiment in the last uh, measured period was was down, okay? And it was down, I, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think it was like down like 7%. It was still up overall, but in the, in the last measure, it was down 7%. New home sales um, in July, so the delivery of new homes, hit a 17-month high. At the same time, home sales overall, existing homes, the sale of existing homes fell again as we've hit what you know um, CNBC reported as a 25-year low, and um, you know at the center square, you know Franklin News Foundation's Newswire service, specifically in Illinois, uh, Illinois re- realtors said in July that home sales in the state were down 21.4 percent uh, versus the year before. So these are like interesting, like this is like interesting data points that are out there. I'm going to give you one reason. This is a supply-constrained housing market. The the new listing, existing homeowners are not selling. So you have less supply of existing homes. And of course, you got existing home sales declining. And then you have more supply of uh, new homes and new home sales are rising. This is what we call a supply-constrained. The supply constraint on the existing home front is causing existing home sales to decline. And while new homes are being built and housing starts are continuing to be built, by the way, builders are a bit cautious. I think that's what's reflecting the sentiment. You have higher mortgage rates. Oh, so they no think question. Ma- no of question. Course. But new homes are continuing to continuing to build uh, and new homes are still coming on the market. And as long as starts continue to increase, as long as we have a ton of homes under construction, you know, we're likely to continue to see new home sales increasing. And so, so that explains, you know, what we're, what we're seeing right now. It's really a supply issue. Demand's out there. And, and ultimately, demand creates its own supply, right? If somebody wants to buy your shirt, right, your T-shirts, you're going to continue to make T-shirts because you got to – what are builders – what else are builders going to do? They're not going to give up building to, and change jobs, right? Construction employment at an all-time high is rising. What are what else are builders going to do? They're going to continue to build. They'll build a product that is more desirable uh, for for home buyers, but also that is more affordable. And I and I've said it before. I think builders who meet buyers where they're at, right, who build a product that's at the crossroads of what buyers want, right, buyer preferences, and fit within the budget constraint, are the ones that are going to succeed. And so we're probably going to see this year with. Mortgage rates above seven percent. We're probably going to see a, more incentives coming from home builders uh, because they have a ton of inventory that's in the pipeline already. 
but again, I, I think we're going to go through that period, you know, that period in the fall where housing demand slows and supply slows a little bit. And then we're going to see another rebound in 2024. Of course, that's if we can avoid a recession and we can keep this, keep this labor market uh, humming. Well, I appreciate your thoughts as always. Forfeit Debungi, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics at americastalking.com. <laughs>